you know, this is a great opportunity, a wonderful opportunity. My phone rang at 6 this morning, so the preparation was heavy. And um, actually, those are the moments, you know, we find ourselves in life that we're not really ready, but we're willing. That's all that God ever asks is that you're willing and he'll meet you right where, right where you need to be met to do what he wants to do through you. That's the key for you and for me is to be able to just let God use us as vessels. One of my grandsons that went to be with the Lord, he, he said, you know, he died shortly after a, a missionary trip to San Francisco to the homeless. And he said, I just want to be a conduit that the power of God can flow through. And for, so for you electricians or anybody that has that, that thing going on, you know, that, that, that's, that should be the, the depth of all of our hearts. Uh, I want to share with you today from Romans chapter 15. Uh, Adam got us started in that, but then Polina got uh, canceled because a whole bunch of people were sick. And so he called me. And, and so basically I've prepared to kind of cover that that uh, passage of scripture that he started in, and we'll just take it right to the end of the chapter 15 of Romans this morning. Got a lot of goods in this in this study, and so get uh, your get your flippers flipped and your slides slid, and your actually I hear pages. Man, some of you people are really antiques, aren't you? Huh? huh? Bibles, real Bibles. Huh? How great is that? Now, I know you guys, some of you are probably thinking I'm real, real techie, right? <laughs> That's great. Um, my, my name is Ira, by the way. I haven't met most of the people in this church. We've been here for about six, five, five months, six, whatever, some, since June. And uh, it's been such a blessing, you know, starting in the, in the amphitheater and, and then just rolling into the wintertime and, and just getting to meet people and serve alongside and be able to go out and, and teach in Polina and, and, and hopefully bless them with worship. But um, I just wanted to, you know, get you up to date. I have, I do have an iPad with me this morning. Um, so, you know, be cool. This is an Eastern Oregon iPad. Um, that's, I'm Ira, iPad. So, See, I'm as techy as anybody is in this. Now, I got to tell you what, this is one of the older models. So, uh, now I won't be, you won't see me sliding, but I will be flipping. Okay, pay attention. We pick up our study, you know, in the first part um, that that I was able to teach in Polina a few weeks back was basically just being sensitive the first part of chapter 15 was just being sensitive to people. The mature people in the body of Christ need to be sensitive to the weaknesses of those that are in the body. You know, weaknesses can be a person that's caught in a, in a legalistic system, a person that's just a, a brand new babe in Christ, you know. And like any of us, when we first gave our life to the Lord, we didn't know anything except that I was, I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. You know, that's ministry right there. You got that. You've got that to share. Now, most of you have been saved more than a week. You've got testimony already. You've got things that you can share with people. So don't ever think that uh, you don't have anything to say. Uh, We all have much to say 
about the Lord and the life that he's given us. And so we are to be sensitive with people, to undergird them, to build them up, to come alongside them, to not have to have our own way because we're all, you know, awesome. We're just awesome, you know. That was another play on my, at a job I used to have with, you know, this, I have a Hebrew name, by the way. Um, Ira is a Hebrew name. And what does it mean? It means to be awake. So, you know, I've been awake for most of my life, um, working 20 hours a day in some cases and, and being all crazy with that. But uh, I used to come in and they go, oh, 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 there's awesomes here. It's like, what? And I, I really, I really, you know, hated this, but, you know, they tagged the, the acrostic to my name with I'm really awesome. <laughs> now, I want you to just forget that you ever heard that. Because, you know, but this was just a sweet gal that worked in our office at the fuel company. And, you know, you just had the lover for, you know, thinking that for liking you at all. But it's kind of like, don't tag me with stuff like, man, I'm a pastor here, you know, and just as John Day and, you know, for 18 years. And I was really, don't etch a sketch that, please. Somebody etch a sketch that. Get rid of that. So we're being sensitive. And, and I love the fact that in a verse, we'll just, you know, land on verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope, the return of the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love the fact that he capped off the instructions to be sensitive to people. Love people. Don't have to have your way. Be there to help them along. Speak encouraging words when you can. Speak a word of edification. Just be there to bless them. That's the joy thing, remember? Let the, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Joy is the acrostic is Jesus, others, and you. You've heard that, right? I know this is Calvary Chapel. Pastor Chuck Smith was all about being others-centered. Jesus is first, others are second, and you're the last on the list. Isn't that just the just the opposite of this world we're living in. This is all about I, you, me, and we, and all the other stuff that goes with that. You know, self-centeredness is rampant in this, in this nation of ours. We're so divided now. It's just absolutely tragic what's going on in this country. But a lot of that uh, is because of the amount of selfies that have been taken in the country in the last uh, 10 years. However long that's been going on, see, I don't even know when. You know, I remember a flip phone somewhere along the line. Yeah, Nokia. Who didn't have a Nokia? May the God of hope. Now that I've got your attention, now that you're going to be sensitive to the weakers, to to the weak people, to the religious folks, to those that are new in Christ, help them. Don't be superior to them. Don't think more of yourself than you do, uh, you know, of other people. Remember Jesus, or, or the, the Paul speaking to the church in Philippi, he said, esteem others greater than yourself. Esteem, but by the way, that's the biblical teaching on, on esteem. And it has nothing to do with you except humility and love and, and you know, basically lifting other people up in your heart and in your mind. So we press on now in verse 14. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness. Isn't that great? You're full of goodness and all knowledge. You're able all to, here's that word, admonish or warn people. You're able to warn one another. Now I have to stop right there. I got to be honest. 
we've had an experience here in the last day too, whatever. And so I'm going to, I'm going to pretend that I'm a, a mature believer and I'm going to, I'm going to warn you, but I got to say, what is going on in Crook County with the demon possessed rabbits? Seriously, see this? We have domestic rabbits keep showing up at our house. And my wife, you know, God bless her. And she's not really, well, she used to raise rabbits to eat. But here's the thing. We've had two show up. Now, this is about warning people. So I'm, this is biblical. I'm not, getting, I'm not deer trailing here. But this is just absolutely crazy. They've got to be demon-possessed. They roll in, you know, disguised like they're, the, you know, the, an angel of light, like Satan does. And you give them carrots and you give them the stuff and you're, oh, little fluffy, buffy, floppy ears, aren't you so cute? Not all of a sudden they just go spaz on you. The tight, it, it's like the Tasmanian rabbit thing. And all of a sudden we're slicing and dicing the people that are helping us. Isn't that a lot like, you know, do you think Jesus maybe went through some of that? The world, you know, the religious system was hard-pressed to kill him. Now, I'm talking about a rabbit that just, you know, a couple of rabbits. They both did this to us, both of them. Funny, but, you know, and I, I got to tell you, you know, when I was carrying this one last night, this demon-possessed black rabbit with floppy ears that looks at you like, you know, puts his head down to pet him, right? So you can, sl- so I can slice you. Man. Anyway, I even put a heat lamp on him. I'm taking that back. <laughs> I'm warning you guys, just be careful. I know people that have like, I mean, we got nothing going on compared to some of the folks in Juniper Canyon. There's a thing going on up there. I don't know what it is, but I just wanted to warn you with that because it says, you know, we need to, you know, we, we, ha- we know stuff. And see, I know about rabbits now. And I want to warn you guys about the ones that are here in Crick County. Nevertheless, so, you know, he starts off, I know you guys are living lives. You're, you're good, the goodness is flowing through you. And I know you understand what is right in the sight of God, warning each other when necessary, man. That's all awesome, he says. Verse 15, nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles ministering the gospel of God that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. You know, this is, I love what he says here. He says, you know, I know you guys got this. You guys, you got goodness is like you're the goodness train. It just flows through you. You know, you know the Bible, you know the word, you know the Lord, obviously, because you can't know the others if you don't know him. It all makes no sense, by the way. Have you ever figured that out? Before you were a Christian, you tried to read the Bible and it was kind of like, you know, reading one of those science books and you've never been to the, you, you were always somewhere else during science class. The Bible says that it's foolishness. This book right here, and if, by the way, this might be a little word for some of you and your friends and relatives, bosses, coworkers, whatever, family members. This book makes no sense to a non-believer. It's absolute nonsense. It is, the Bible says, it is, uh, it's foolishness to those that are perishing. 
If a person doesn't have the spirit of God in their heart to illuminate the scriptures and bring them into your thinking, it means nothing. I remember when I got saved in 1990, it was just like, whoa, there's this action. Whoa, I can, I'm kind of getting this now, you know, because you see the Holy Spirit drew me to the Lord. Nobody comes to the Lord unless they're called. And so it's just a glorious thing when we see that. And so he says, you, got, you guys got the goods. You, you're, you got goodness. You, you know the, the word. You're warning each other. You guys like a well-oiled machine. I see that here at Calvary Chapel, Primeville. I'm so blessed to be part of this church. Man, we're just doing, we're just, we're just like, you know, I had a friend of mine prophesy over me years ago, uh, Matt Fox from Bandon Christian Fellowship. And he said, you know what, Ira? He says, because we're, you know, we're getting younger all the time, which is kind of cool. I don't know how that works, but, you know, we feel like we're 30. (laughs) Oh, man. And when when we're doing ministry, now there's there's something weird about that. God will give you the grace to go do crazy things. It doesn't matter how old you are. Gray heads, you gray heads in here, in the Psalms it says you're to bear fruit in your old age. There's a word for grandma and grandpa and great-grandma and grandpa you know what? We've got a we got eighteen grandkids. Four of them were with Jesus already, and uh, man, they are walking with the Lord and talking with the Lord. And oh, so it's just so amazing. We are so blessed. Our, our youngest, he's in the uh, he's in the um, state prison in Southern Colorado, um, and. Excuse me. I was able to lead him to the Lord a couple weeks ago. His his life was a runaway. He decided to live the life of homosexuality, which led him to walk away from an 18-year career with Safeway right into a life of drugs, which he'd never been a part of, and drinking, which he'd never been a part of. Uh, and got him basically to the place of, of basically becoming a common criminal. Stealing cars, stealing stuff, stealing identities. And, you know, and he always gets caught, praise God. <laughs> that was our prayer. You know, God, do something with this boy. He's 36. Do something with this young man. He is the sweet, hardest young man that we know he loves the elderly. He loves children. He just, you know, but he needed to get him to prison. He was in the county lockup for a year. He was on his way to a halfway house to get his old job back to start another life. 10 days later, he was heading for prison. And he told me, he said, I just went back to the same people, the same stuff just for a moment You know, it's like, you know what? You're the crappiest criminal I've ever met in my life. What in the world? I mean, if you're going to do this stuff, be like me, do it good. You know, if you're going to be a drug whatever, then be, you know, whatever you're going to do. Come on, man. You know, it's like, how do you expect me to be proud of you? (laughs) I am so proud of him right now. I can't even talk hardly. I just said, man, I have to share this with you. It's just kind of funny because it plays into all of our lives. 
We're talk- he calls me from prison, you know. Hey, you know, now I know his phone number, you know. <laughs> That's not cool. So I answer it, you know. I'm going, who's this spam? What, what's going on here? You know, so I answer the phone. Yeah, oh, this is, a, you know, it's not going to cost you anything. And who's it from? Cameron. Oh, oh, I'll take that. Yeah, you know. So I was talking to him uh, you know, about the Lord, and he'd been, he headed into a few chapels. Uh, he, w- he informed us that we could, he said, man, I need a Bible again, because we bought him a Bible when he was young, and he wanted another, a new Bible, and so we realized that we could, I'm learning stuff, like, you know, well, you can send Bibles to prison through Amazon. What don't they do? Seriously. Anyway, he got that, he's thankful for that, but, but before that, you know, he's saying, well, you know, I'm kind of going to those things. And, and you know, they're given these invitations, these altar call invitation things. And I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of, you know, me, dad, you know. And he calls us just to say he loves us. But he says, I'm kind of shy. You know, I don't want to go up in front of those people. You know, and there's probably eight or ten people there, right? Uh and this cracked me up about me. I'm trying to, you know, encourage him to get up out of his chair and get on up there. And then the Lord kind of grabs me, you know, snaps my choke collar. <clears throat> Pastor Hodge, why don't you lead your son to the Lord right now on the phone? Don't try and get him to go forward at the next prison meeting. And it's kind of like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. I said, son, do you, you know, you're never going to get out of this unless you surrender your life to the Lord. Do you want a new start? Do you want everything you've ever done, said, thought, or whatever forgiven? Do you want that? He says, yes. He says, this, this, this old life's just killing me. I said, you want to do that right now? He says, yes. I said, well, good. I'm going to lead you to the Lord Jesus Christ. <sighs> All right, I'm going. <laughs> Amen, I'm done. No, I'm serious. Uh, it was just so great. And maybe if that, that might minister to somebody here today because we've got some things to talk about today, but that's a really important thing because this whole book is about you and me doing just that. Bottom line. It's, I know it's the hardest thing to do to get through to a family member, to a relative, to a neighbor, to somebody at work, to somebody closer, especially in your own home. Remember, Jesus said that. A prophet is not without honor except in his own family, in his own home. So don't beat your head against the wall. One man plants the seed, another man waters the seed. You share the gospel, somebody else, or maybe you praise over that person. But, it, but the Bible tells us that God brings the increase. Jesus does the saving, gang. You can't save anybody. Your job and my job is to love them, pray one prayer, just one prayer. You got somebody, anybody here have somebody in their heart, in their life right now that they're thinking about loving on, trying to get through to, right? Just pray that God will soften their heart. You don't have to spend an hour praying all kinds of stuff. You don't have to spend two days trying to convince them. Pray that God would soften their heart first because without that, no seeds will take in the soil of their heart. So just an encouragement from my own life, from knowing stuff, from being so radically blessed as one of those that was quoted lately, one of those that God has used the foolish to confound the wise. That's that's the list that I was on in the world, an absolute fool. 
just a crazy, dumb, worldly, carnal life that was leading me straight into the pits of hell. Well, Paul's blessed with these guys. And he says, you know, I know. I want to I share a scripture with you. Second Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 12 to 14. You, you don't have to turn there, but maybe jot it down. But think of, you know, Peter wrote the same thing. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, his body. He says, I'm gonna, they're going to kill me pretty soon for, for preaching Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> as though, as our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to put off this tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. In other words, Jesus was his model. He laid down his life. He went to the cross intentionally. He says, I'm on the same mission. Won't you go with me? To be not afraid to share the love of Christ. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my, or after my decease. Interesting. He's written things down. I, don't you love having one of these? The written word of God. There are countries, there are places where people, villages will, you know, they'll share a page per person or a page per family. You know what they do? This is the coolest thing. Some of these third world countries, they got one Bible maybe in some of these places. They'll get a Bible, missionary will bring a Bible. They'll take pages out and pass them to all the people around and they memorize the pages then they rotate the pages through. Wouldn't that be cool if our families were doing that? Only we don't have to rip the pages out, do we? Let's just sit down. You know, I love it when the grandkids come. We have them from four years out of the Marine Corps to three. And three-year-old, she's running the whole show, let me tell you. Wow, it's a crazy, crazy thing. So important that we remind people. That's the message there. I know you guys know this, and I'm going to say things you all know, right? And if you're studying the, the Word of God, if, you, if you've been a Christian for any length of time in a Bible teaching church, which is really important, really imperative, and biblical, by the way, God wants His sheep fed. That's all there is to it. And we are the sheep of His pasture. He's our God. He's an amazing God. I love being fed. I love being fed as I teach you. The Bible says I get fed as I share you. As I, as I feed you, I'm, I'm eating right now. And I'm being reminded, see, that's it. I'm being reminded, you know why God made me a pastor? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea, except for the fact that I was a basket case. And unless he called me into ministry, my life would be not as good as it is, even as a Christian. And so, you know, (laughs) this is our retirement. It's kind of funny. We're in ministry. (laughs) Oh, God, you're so funny. Remind people. Do you know why you need to be reminded? Because we what? We forget constantly. You guys can probably, every one of you can probably remember some stupid thing that somebody shared with you 20 years ago, some dumb joke or something, but the scripture you read this morning or last night or your last devotional, you're going, what was that? You see, I do that. 
Sometimes I've come off of a Sunday morning and, and I've wondered, now what was it that I taught? <laughs> we need to be reminded. So just think about that. Paul says, you know what? I know you guys know these things, but I'm going to remind you all the time. Peter says, I know you know these things, but I'm going to remind you constantly. And so let, let's kind of get on. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ because I've been called to share the gospel with the Gentiles. You guys have heard of D.L. Moody, right? He was a shoe salesman that God got a hold of. A shoe salesman. Isn't that amazing? Now, they don't really have shoe salesmen anymore. You go to stores and you walk down the aisle and stuff's been tried on and thrown off to the side. We're the shoe salesmen now. We have to figure out what fits and which ones we want. And hopefully, you know, the church folks are putting them back in the box and on the shelf, you know. And all. Man, I went to Coastal the other day. It looked like a tornado went through there. But he was a shoe salesman that Jesus got a hold of. And what did he do? One of the, one of the most, he became one of the most amazing evangelists and pastors and teachers in the history of this country. But one of the things he always did, and again, back to this thing about just sharing, just letting the gospel pour out, let the love you have for whoever pour out in your heart, even if it's a stranger, he purposed in his heart every day to talk to some person, one person about the Lord Jesus Christ, just anybody. And there was a day that his schedule was just crazy. It was crammed. It was just insane. And midnight, you know, not to be legalistic, but midnight was coming up. It was pumpkin time. It was rolling up fast. And he found a guy to share the gospel with. You know? And even though the guy said, hey, well, get, get away from me. Get the, you know, you Bible thumpers. Don't bug me with this stuff. But he still, what a great burden to share the word of God with the people in our life. And that means the folks that we all love, Right? Our neighbors, we're loving them as ourselves, aren't we? It's part of the top 10, you know, those good laws for all people for all times. Great message. Therefore, verse 17, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus and the things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and around about to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. I love Paul's heart. He said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not interested in rolling into some place where the church is already going. People are kind of jacked up on Jesus. There's some excitement. And he says, send me to a place where nobody has heard about Jesus. That's where I'm going. I'm not going to come in here and say, man, you wouldn't even believe the awesome things I've done. And, you know, having built on somebody else's uh, ministry, something that somebody else already broke the shell, you know, and, and penetrated the people with the gospel of Christ. He says, you know what? I'm only going to boast. But he did say, he did say, I'm going to boast. Uh, but here's the, here's the key. I'm going to boast ab- about what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. You guys actually stop right there. Put an exclamation point right there. He does say through me. But that's not his that's not his heart. That is not his point. He's not saying, Oh, look at me. Look what God has done through me. I'm so humble. It's so amazing. That God would you know, we know Paul. He said, I'm the I'm the biggest sinner. 
I'm the least of all the saints. I'm the worst of the worst. I'm the bad news bear. And he was at the top of his game in his religion, in Judaism. An amazing thought, an amazing man that the, that the first historian, Eusebius and all, describe him. And by, if you haven't heard this before, this will crack you up. The Apostle Paul, this mighty man of God that we have 14 books of the New Testament, including Hebrews, if it's truly uh, uh, Paul that wrote that, there's debates, it doesn't matter. It's God's inspired word. But there's people that describe the Apostle Paul, this mighty man of God, as a short dude, chicken legs. Can you see that in a tunic? Chicken legs, big belly, huge bushy eyebrows, and a high-pitched squeaky voice. Can you imagine sitting in that church, in that synagogue, listening to him with that high-pitched squeaky the Bible says, we talked, we were laughing about this earlier. The Bible, you know, it's kind of like, you know what? We can't even look at this guy, much less listen to him. He's not attractive. He's, he's, you know, this voice is killing us. But isn't it amazing that God will use the foolish things of this world, the crazy people in this world to share the gospel? Because it's the gospel. The Holy Spirit that's sharing the gospel with people, not that person necessarily so you put them aside you just become that conduit that the word of god flows through and it all turns out absolutely wonderful so he says man you know it's been an illyricum i have fully preached the gospel of christ and so i have made it my aim to preach the gospel hit the pause button right there what's your aim can i be an old pastor right now that loves, and I don't even know most of you, but I love you guys to death. It is so awesome to be a part of this family. You you guys, man, the love here is awesome. The learning here is going on. The family structures here, four generations. It's got all the goods like our place in John Day. I just absolutely love it. But what's your aim? There's moments where you got to just stop and say, what am I doing? What, what's your goal? What's your future? What, what's your hope? And like the Apostle Paul says, what's your aim? What's your aim? What are you aiming at? Are you aiming at a life of more stuff? Are you, are you aiming at a life of more comfort? Are you aiming at a life that's, you know, got all the things that you're seeing on the, you know, used to be a little black and white thing. Now it's as big as your wall. (laughs) I think they make like 200 inch screens now. We need that. So we can see if everybody's got a nice complexion, you know, sitting in the other end of your house. What's that glare? The neighbors are calling again. What is your aim? It's funny, you know, we kind of, the Lord put it on our hearts after pastoring and kind of rescuing one of our churches and over in the valley after 18 years in, in uh, John Day and then the fires burned our place out in 2015 and the Lord kind of moved us over to rescue that church, long story short. And and uh, and then, you know, that was all patched up and Roseburg uh, Christian Fellowship has taken that over as a uh, an outreach. And so, you know, I was ready to roll out here I'm thinking, yeah, I'm rolling out here, man. I'm rolling to Prineville. We're going to Prineville, man. Hang out with Rory and the gang. You know, I bought a place with a rope and arena. It's sweet. Set up for horses. Just, you know, there's not a horse on the property. 
Now, I'm not fishing. (laughs) I was kind of irritated for a while, actually. You know, I was going to get back into team rope and train some horses, have some fun with some of the guys in this church, just to let you know I'm available for horses and team roping, (laughs) you know, whatever. But, you know, I, I had, I had these great plans, man. We got this place that we gutted and fixed up, you know, it's like, okay, happy wife, happy life. And so we, you know, did the house first. She's right here. I can say that she's, she's present. And so, you know, but I've been having fun with that. I like building her stuff and fixing things up and all that. But, you know, the horse thing is like, What, you know, horses for 5,000, you know, <laughs> hello, God. Like, don't I get to just like, you know, kick back a little bit here, train the horses, have some fun. <sighs> I finally had to just come to grips here recently and just say, okay, what ministry exactly are we doing? Because you know what, Lord, absolutely, honestly, that's my heart anyway. You know, the God, the, the, this, this glorious book, the words that God has left for us, it tells us in the book of Proverbs that, you know, it's good for us to make plans. But right after this, that, it says, but let God direct your steps. Make your plans. Have your desires. You know, it's okay to kind of envision a life that you'd like to have here. And if that's God's will for your life, it's going to happen. I am not stopping hoping for Trigger to show up or somebody, you know. (laughs) I can tell the age here, the age group here is a little bit low we're not going to talk about the Lone Ranger and Tonto and the crew. That would probably be politically incorrect anyway. (laughs) Good grief. What happened to the old days where we could just go out with our headdresses and our six shooters and just kill each other in the lawn out front of the house, you know, three or four times. Good grief. This country is going down. (laughs) My gosh. So that's from Jerusalem around about, man. It's my aim to fully preach the gospel. That's the deal. That's my aim. Now, where Christ was named, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation, but as it is written, to whom he has not announced, they shall see. And those who have not heard shall understand. Isaiah 52. You gotta love this chicken leg, bushy eyebrowed, high pitched voice guy that had the most humble heart that we know. He just said, You know what? Don't send me where the popular thing's going on and everybody's having fun in Jesus' name, you know. Glory, glory, glory. And everybody does, talks Christianese and oh man, it's just like a, the whole town's a church. Don't send me there. Send me out in the desert. Send me to some little town named Seneca in Bear Valley. That was our outreach, a town of 190 people. We had people, the Lord, the Lord had people coming there from Crane, from, from uh, Burns. From, it was just crazy. We had this little tiny church. A little, we did John Day and then we did 
uh, uh, Seneca in the afternoon and full schedule, midweek, Sundays, women's studies, both churches, retreats, all this stuff. We were like crazy people. I was young then. There is a difference <laughs> between having the juice, you know, to kind of just dive off the end of the ship and go, I don't care how many sharks are in there. I'm swimming for you, Jesus. It's so amazing how how the Lord will put you in the coolest, sweetest, unbeknownst to you or not even desired by you place in your life if you're just willing, if you'll just let him do it. If you can truly say, Lord, thy will be done. Lord, I surrender all. Yes, my marriage. Yes, my kids. Yes, my finances. Yes, my, my career. Yes, my stuff. It's yours, Lord, to use as you desire. Again, precious, precious family, what is your aim? I pray to God that it's, and we do pray for this family, by the way, all the time, every day. If your aim is to just serve the Lord, love others, and be used however God wants to use you, you are in the absolute perfect place. Romans chapter 12. I beseech ye by the breath, or I beseech ye by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as living sacrifices to the Lord, which is your reasonable service or your reasonable worship, it says in another version. What's that mean? It means it's the least you should do. He saved us. We've embraced the gift of eternal life. We've embraced Jesus on the cross of Christ. I believe this was him on the cross showing us how much he loved the world. I love you all this much. And I have great plans for you. I know the plans that I think toward you, says Lord Jeremiah uh, 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good, the thoughts that I have toward you, they're good thoughts. And I have plans. And if you'll just surrender your life to me, as is in writings in Romans chapter 12, if you'll just surrender to me, if you'll lay your whole life out before me, you'll experience the abundant life that I came to give you. John 10, 10, I came that you would have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He's he's all about saving us, but he's also all about using us and filling us and blessing us. And here's the one, blowing our minds. If you've never experienced this by God, then you got to get with Jesus. You got to just get with Jesus. Man, is your aim spending time in the word each day? Is your aim talking to God? Is your aim loving God and loving people? See, there's so many things to have in your crosshairs. So many just basic principles of Christianity before you even get to the hard stuff. Like I'm supposed to forgive him for that? Are you kidding me? The guy's a meathead. You know, and there's vice versa too. Verse 22, for this reason, for this reason, I also have have been much hindered from coming to you. I've been busy. Oh, by the way, you know what's cool about this, you guys right here? You know what's cool about this? Where are we studying normally on Sunday? In the book of Acts. In what city? Corinth. Remember? Remember, 
Paul went to Corinth and the, the Lord had to say, all right, simmer down. I know you want to blow this pop stand. I know you're a little freaked out. You're a little scared. You know, but you know, you've been called to suffer for me. It's in the Bible, Paul. You've, you've been, I mean, really, you, you, it's all about, you know, you, you won't even believe how much you're going to suffer for the cause of the gospel. Wow. You know, 2 Timothy 3, somewhere in there, it says, for those that desire to live godly, to godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's one of the promises in the Bible, by the way, because a lot of people, oh man, I'm all about the promises in the Bible. You know, how about the suffering ones? Let's sign up for that. Who's, are we going to have a class? For, do we have opportunity to suffer here pretty quick? Yes, you will. If you haven't yet, don't worry. It's a coming. You're going to live for Jesus. You're going to suffer. You're going to lose a job. You're going to lose a friend. You're going to lose a family member. You're going to be, you know, talked about and, and run through with words and all this stuff. But leap for joy. It's like the old Toyota commercial, I think it was. Leap for joy. Actually, that's in the Bible too. It's in, it's, in, it's in the Gospels. Leap for joy when you come under that kind of persecution, when you're suffering for the cause of Christ. Why? Because you know you're serving the Lord then. If you're cruising through life and it's just mamby-pamby, nothing's going on, I'm not, not under attack, nobody really even knows who, who I am and what I'm about at work or anywhere else, then you need to step up. You need to kind of shine bright. You need to put your Jesus hat on. You know, that's all it takes. You wear one of our hats from here. Somebody's going to go, what's that? Open door. Do you guys realize how easy the doors flip open for you and I to say, hey, man, where do you go to church? You know, and when people, you know, talking about Jesus Christ, you know, they talk about Jesus Christ in a way that's not becoming. You know what I always do? Because some of you right now are going, oh, man, even the way he said that, I'm feeling a little nervous here. I say, where do you go to church, man? Are you a Christian? When people come at you with the vulgar versions of our Lord, say, man, you talk about Jesus a lot. Are you part of our church? (laughs) Think about it. Think about it. Because, you know, especially if you're kind of going, oh, man, I'm not... You're wringing your hands. I have a hard time talking to people. Just wait five minutes. Somebody will come out with a, you know, I can't remember what Rory called it, the, something, something about the Air Force of, or the people getting bombed with the F-bomb Air Force. Or, I don't know what it was. It was good, though. I busted a gut on that one because I, I'm bombed all day. All day. It's so easy. Because the others normally follow along with it. They kind of bundle in those that little category of, of wordology. And, you know, it's so, you know, it's... And I know sometimes we're not going to cast our pearls before swine, but don't really tell the people that. <laughs> that is not how you open the door. <laughs> that is not how you open the door to share God's love with somebody, you know. Well, you're quite a pig. I'm not sharing any of this with you. No, no. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I've got a little backup thing of this teaching thing going on and all the, you know, it's just coming out. I, somebody needs to stick the pin back in there. 
For this reason, I also have much, I've been much hindered because I'm coming to you. The point I was making there is there in Corinth. He's, you know, God had to say, you know what, you know, just cool your jets. Don't be fearful in Corinth, Paul. I have, what did he, remember what he said? I have many people there. We talked about this in our home group. It was so great. And I love home groups. They're awesome. We have a home group at Juniper Canyon. What a great thing, man. Because you can think about that in many ways, you know. But, you know, I, when, I, when I hear that verse, it's kind of like, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that I'm going to save there, Paul. So stick with it. Share the gospel. Do what I've called you to do. And I'm not going to let anybody kill you today. <laughs> That's where they're at. That's where this letter's being written from. It's so glorious how that, how that works out. So, um, but now, no longer having a place in these parts. In other words, he's, he's getting to the end of it here. And having a great desire these many years to come to you, whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you. For I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you. That was kind of a ministry boost there. Support my ministry if that's on your heart. If first, I may enjoy your company for a while. There are some that, that believe that, uh, now we, obviously we know that, that Paul had a heart to go to Western Europe. And in that time, that was the, that was the edge of the planet. <laughs> that was the edge of the world. You get to Spain, <clears throat> you fall off the edge. You know, you go past that. He had a heart to reach even further out after these missionary journeys. Isn't that amazing? You just can't stop this, this chicken-legged, bushy-eyebrow, high-pitched preacher. You know, you just got to love the fact that this guy, you know, he says, I am who I am by the grace of God, and I do what I do by the grace of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So powerful, this man. He says, you know what? I'm dying to see you guys. I'm dying to see you guys. See, the church was planted without Paul. He's got some friends that probably ended up there as we see in the next chapter, in chapter 16, uh, that he basically gives greetings and salutations to at the end of the letter to the Roman church. And so it's interesting when you think about this. He says, you know, here's my plan. I'm done. My job, job here's done. And by the way, Sometimes our job, wherever we are, is done. I learned that when the Lord told us to leave John Day. I thought, oh, I've never heard that one before. Where's that in the book? You know, leave, pastor, get out of here. You know, what are you talking about? Isaiah 43, I want to do a new work here. So get out lovingly, you know, step to the side. It was cool because there's a great guy over there that went with you to Israel, Jake. Great guy, Jake and Jacqueline. Wonderful couple. They came from Boise, Idaho, from being the, the assistant pastor in Calvary Chapel Meridian. And so you just got to, you know, just sit down and be quiet and let God do his thing. Okay, God, I'll get out of the way. And later on, you know, because I have this to do and, and now we've got this to do. And, and for such a time as this, for such a morning as this, he's blessing me to do this. That's crazy stuff right there. God is so in control. So amazing in your life and my life if we'll let him go, if we'll let him just do his thing. So I'm trying to go to Spain. There'll be an opportunity if you desire to support the ministry as I go there. But first, I, want, I just want to come and fellowship with you guys. I want to come and hang out with you guys. Don't you love fellowship? I love fellowship. You guys' fellowship in Israel must have been sweet. You know, I love the pictures. The pictures are great. 
Not a lot of us have been following that. And Israel's so amazing. We've been there a few times, led a tour there. And man, it's just so rich. So rich. We all came back changed. It's changed me forever. For I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped. Here it is. If you want to support that, great. But first, I just want to come hang out. But now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia, that's the Philippi area, the the poor Gentile church in Philippi, to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. And you'll read Corinthians and find out that he's encouraging those folks to, we're coming to get the offering, be ready so we're not all embarrassed when we get there because you said you wanted to do it and and I'm holding you to it. Look at that. Had a little rhymey thing going on there. I did not plan that. Isn't it amazing how you got to love that, that group. These were impoverished churches. These were poor people, but they realized that the church started with the saved Jews in Jerusalem. These poor Jewish people that surrendered their lives to Christ. And they said, you know what? We, we don't have much, but we're going to pool it together. We're going to put it together. And Paul said, you know what? God, 2 Corinthians chapter nine, chapter 8 and 9 right in there. You know, God loves a cheerful giver. He loves people that have a, a, a cheerful giving heart, whether it's a donut or a dollar. It doesn't matter. It's just the heart that's giving. Remember the widow with two mites? She gave about a quarter of a penny and it was her whole life's, it was, it was her uh, bullish, you know, her financial structure. Merrill Lynch was in her life with that quarter of a penny. And so she gave it, she invested it in the temple with God. And then there was the other clowns that some of them, they say, had little, you know, little on their own robes and hats and stuff, the big rich Jewish guys. And they would toot the horn And by the way, that's supposedly where the tooting your own horn thing comes from. Can you imagine that here? Whoever, you know, should I pick on somebody? (laughs) Say Dustin. (laughs) Okay, you know, somebody off the street, some homeless person comes in. They just love the Lord. They got nothing, but they roll in here into the foyer and they put their, you know, their 50 cents in the box. In the, in the tithe box. You know, nobody sees, nobody cares, whatever. <laughs> You're going to get back at me on this, aren't you? <laughs> I love Dustin. Known him and his family for years. He comes in in his big fancy robe and like a hat that's a, you know, a hundred gallon hat. He's got the gold and the stuff all over and his little tootie thing. And so he comes in the room, stops to make sure everybody's listening. And so now all the eyes are on Dustin. And he kind of levitates to the tithe box. And he throws in his check for, you know, a million dollars because he's loaded, which is basically lunch money for the rest of the, you know, for these people, the rich folks. But see, that was the difference. That's the difference in the heart. God says, you know what, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing or your left, no, it's the other way. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. There's a thing to the left and right thing. Right is always right. (laughs) Okay, get that in the Bible. This is what's right, the right hand. Don't let this hand know what this hand's up to when it comes to giving, when it comes to helping. Don't, you don't need your name on the billboard. 
You don't need to, you know, put a plaque up that says, you bought the flowers for the church this Sunday. I was raised in that environment. My family bought the churches flowers, you know, once in a while. And crazy place, crazy place, crazy time. You know, I'd love to see you guys, but now I'm going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. For it pleased those in Philippi, Macedonia, Achaia, that area, to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. Why are the Christians in in Macedonia debtors to the Jewish Christians? Because they, they, were the ones that Jesus came for originally. He came for his own first, and then they rejected him. Not all of them, but for the most part as a nation. And so he did what? He grafted you and me in. He opened the door for the Gentiles. He says, you know what? Okay. This is, by the way, this is another moment of, uh, he lets us choose. We are destined but we have a responsibility to choose as well. And so it pleased them indeed, these glorious folks to put this together. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, in other words, the gospel and salvation and all came from Jerusalem, from the first church, spread out through three missionary journeys. Now Gentiles are getting saved. Whole communities are getting saved. They are indebted to the very people in the beginning. And so their heart is this. You know what? We are indebted that the message came to us in in simplicity. And now what can we do to bless the poor in Jerusalem, in the Jerusalem church? So we put together an offering and we're sending it. Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, in other words, once I've delivered this to Jerusalem, I shall go by way of you to Spain. So I'm going to come see you guys, hang out. If you want to support me, that's great if that's on your heart, but I'm going to Spain. I'm going to Western Europe to take this glorious gospel to the Spaniards. What a glorious thing. But... I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Have you ever thought about that? Of all that comes with the fullness of the gospel. See, the gospel is not just Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so. And if I give my life to him, he'll save me and I'll end up in heaven forever. Don't you realize in John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came that you would not only have eternal life, but that you'd have this life fully blessed, fully filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't necessarily mean monetarily. But I want to bless you. What did he say? I came that you might have life and then you might have it, what? More abundantly. He wants our lives to just pop with the blessings of God, the fullness of the gospel of God. Man, that is just, that just rocks, doesn't it? That I may... Wow, the blessings of the gospel. Verse 30, we're almost there. So if you're nodding off, stop it. Now I beg you, brethren, I was just kidding you, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, this is so important right here. We're going to finish with prayer, this section. You guys know how important talking to God is, right? What are the different ways we talk to God? God, I love you. God, I worship you. God, I praise you. 
I, ex- I extol you. I exalt you. I put you above all things in my life. That's prayer. Lord, we'll actually do this right now. Seriously. Lord, we just pray for Rory this morning. We just lift up our precious pastor. And although anybody else that might be taken down with with bugs and jet lag and all that. We just want to lift them up to you, Lord, and pray healing, pray blessings, pray fullness, pray your Holy Spirit fully fills that man, that precious pastor of ours and his family, Lord. Anybody else in this family that is suffering from illness, Lord, we just want to pray healing upon their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, intercession for people. That's what that is. Making special requests, petitions. Don't, don't be so holy that you don't ask God for what you need. That's phony holy or holy phony or it's, it's just goofy. You know, you don't roll through here four or five feet above the floor, you know, making your way out the door going, oh man, I've prayed for everybody today except me because you know, I'm holy. Well, you're goofy too. You know the Lord's Prayer. It's in there. You praise God. You pray for people. You make requests for yourself. You just pray for what's on your heart. And and this last section, look look what, what, what Paul is asking them to pray for with them. Now, I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit. Now, you see that? through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of what the Spirit of God does in our life, that you strive together, strive. That means grind in, go for it, be diligent, unmovable, abounding. Strive together with me in prayers to God. In prayers to God, what? For me. Now, that's interesting, huh? As you see that on the screen. I want you guys to, you know, get in there. I want you to strive together with me in prayers to God for me. Wait a minute. That sounds kind of weird. But no, that's a wise guy. That's a wise man, a wise woman that will say, you know, would you pray to God with me and would you pray for me? Gang, if you've never asked people to pray for you, Oh, this is a good day to start. If you've got, you know, big stuff going on in your life and your family and whatever, whatever it looks like, get on the, get, get hooked up with the prayers that are, the people here that are praying for you, that are waiting to pray for your situation. Praying. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. James chapter five. It avails much. It produces good things, right? First Thessalonians chapter five says we need to pray how much? Always. Pray always. Yeah. It's the will of God, it says, for you and for me. So we need to be talking to God. And by the way, it's not some holy language. It's just talking to God. Yes, reverence God. Yes, tell him you love him. Yes, tell him, you you know, be honest. Okay, my life stinks without you, Lord. So that makes you even more wonderful in my eyes. Because you're here with me. You're here in me. You're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. You're just blessing my socks off. This is just crazy. I don't deserve this. That's kind of how we feel right now, being here in Prineville, being a part of this family. 
it's kind of like, man, I'm running out of socks. Running out of socks. <laughs> I want you to pray. I want you to strive together with me in prayers to God for me. For what? What, what are they specifically? Eh, stop. Specific prayers. Okay? If you have a habit of, you know, well, God, like, man, just bless everything. I get that. But let's get in the fight. Let's get a dog in the fight. Let's say, you know, my brother Bob, he's struggling with alcohol right now, Lord, and it's ruining his family. It's ruining my, you know, it's just, ru- it's, it's just you know, Lord. Go to fight. Go to battle for that. Go to battle for your own marriages. Go to battle. Tell Satan to get out in the name of Jesus Christ. Get out of my life. Get out of my house. Get out of my family. Get out of my, get away from my kids in the name and the power of God. The Bible says if you resist the devil, he will flee. He's got to run away like the rat that he is. I'll tell you what, this church is in the crosshairs of the devil. I'll guarantee you that right now. And if he can pick off one at a time, that's what he's going to do. Don't be the one that's lagging back in the pack. Like the poor little gazelle on the moon of shows. And those mean lions, those cheetahs, do they always have to eat gazelle burgers? You know what I'm saying? You know the picture. You've seen the show. Here's those, you know, Africa, wherever, and here's the gazelles. They're just like rocket ships, and here's like old grandma gazelle going, oh, man. And you're going, that one's dead because look who's hanging out in the bushes over there. And here comes, here comes a cheetah, you know, from the wildlife safari down there in Roseburg. Got him. Dinner. That's a picture of a Christian that's not in the game of a Christian that's not talking to God, of a Christian that's not in the Word, of a Christian that's not in fellowship, of a Christian that's not, that's not engaged in the abundant life that Christ has planned for us all to have. Every one of us. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? Gang, it's there for the taking. The land is yours. The life is yours. Take it. The Lord says, here, I came that you would have eternal life and that you would have this life more abundantly that I may be delivered from those in Judea. So when I get back to Jerusalem, they're probably going to want to kill me again. (laughs) So would you pray for protection? Uh, The the Judea who do not believe, the unbelievers there are going to want to lop my head off and also pray that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints and that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. As Alistair would say, Amen. That means so be it, by the way. If you didn't know what Amen or Amen means, it means so be it. It means yes. Yeah, I'm all about that right there. When two or more agree in touching anybody's life through prayer, the Lord says, you know what? I'm going to make that happen. When you and I get together and pray for somebody, 
what we know is the will of God from the word of God for a person's life. He says, I will do it. Now be patient because my timing might not line up with yours. That's the key. Don't be impatient. Don't get the horse face. Where's God? I've been praying about this for six years, you know. Our son coming to the Lord was years, decades of prayer. Decades. So much for the notes. I never even slid the dang page. I didn't flip or flop or slide or anything. There. This is what happens when you immerse yourself in the things of God. You just can't help yourself. (laughs) You just want to tell people. You want to bless people. You want to nurture people. You want to encourage people. You want to pray for people. You want to just be there. And I'll tell you what, it's the abundant spirit-filled life that is so, it so rocks. It's, it really does. And it's there for you. If you're not experiencing this amazing, abundant, crazy, over-the-top life, man, this is a great day to start. We'll help you. The leaders here will help you. We'll help you get started. We'll, we'll sit down with you and say, man, you know, what do I do? Happy to show you, whether it's one of you or 10 of you or whoever. Love to sit down. Rory and the gang would love to sit down. We would all love to sit down and say, man, just just boom. But let me give you a, just a quickie little Acts 2.42. Remember what they did, Acts 2.42. Remember the first church? They were in the word. They were hanging out together. They were praying and they were communing. Those four ingredients, I've said this for years and I'm going to continue to to, to encourage people with this. If you will seriously engage in the table of communion to remember the cross, put Jesus in the forefront of your thinking. If you will not forsake the gathering of of, of God's people together, as some do. If you'll not do that, if you'll get together with people, small groups, this group, Sunday, whatever the groups are that are that are made for you, if you'll do that, if you'll talk to God, just talk to Him. Tell Him, God, this today sucks. Did you know that you didn't like totally freak God out saying that? He knew before that day got there that it was going to suck for you. He knew that. I, I Forgive me if that was a little, that little harsh But, you know, we kind of get there sometimes, don't we? Well, this stinks, you know. But God is good. Look at King David all the way through. Well, this stinks. That's stupid. I got to talk to myself now and encourage myself. Where's God? You know, but God's awesome. That's David's heart. We learn so much from him. It's all in this book, so much in here. I want to, you know, will you guys come up and and we'll get ready to... um, this is my wife, Carolyn, by the way. If you haven't met her yet, she's pretty cool. She's been putting up with me for decades. <laughs> you guys are definitely the better deal. <laughs> if you're here this morning and you want to be like a crazy person like I am for Jesus and you don't know Jesus, a couple things. If you don't know Jesus, 
don't leave here without it. Don't leave this place without giving your life to Jesus. We are here. Johnny's here. You know, the other leaders are here. We're here to pray with you. We're here to put to place you in the loving, eternal, powerful, permanent, pleasing arms of the Lord so that you can be not only washed away, have all the sins in your life, thoughts, deeds, actions, every absolutely everything forgiven and forgotten. That can happen for you right here for today. And I pray that you mature folks are praying this right now. Lord, bring them up. If anybody's here, if you don't know Jesus today, we would love to see you surrender your life to the Lord. It's what he wants. I would that no man would perish, but that all would come to repentance. We're here for you. If you're, if you're kind of having the, the thoughts that I brought up a second ago, life stinks and then you die or whatever. Um, but you know, you, you, but I love God. I love Jesus. Um, would you, you know, this is an opportunity for you, 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 you also, um, to just come to the altar, to come and be prayed for, to come and be loved on. Lord, we pray this morning that you would accomplish your will, that you would have your way done, that anybody here that's not sealed by your Holy Spirit, having surrendered their life to you, Lord, that this would be the day, that this would be the day of salvation. So, Lord, we just praise you. We thank you for the opportunity this morning, and we ask you to do what only you can do. Bring the saving, Lord. Bring salvation to this house today. Bring the help that's needed for your family, the encouragement, the peace, the answers, the prayers, the love. Just meet the needs of this family this morning, Lord, for your glory. We always do these things for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you all stand for us? Again, this is a great opportunity this morning. Not just for anybody that might not know the Lord, but for everybody in here. Life isn't always totally awesome. I don't know if you've noticed or not. And so, you know, this can be for you as a non-believer that the Lord is, is drawing by his spirit, by his powerful love. This can be for you, the family of God. There's just something real amazing happens when we humble ourselves inside our family and come to be prayed over, to have hands laid upon If you desire healing physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually today, this is the place to be. If you want us to be praying that you would surrender your life to the Lord, come and let us lead you to Jesus today. Lord, we just thank you this morning for your love, for your word, for this time together. So bless us now, Lord. If anybody is desiring you today, let them not leave this place without being prayed for and led into your arms. I want to give that invitation again. Come up. We have a little time between services. Man, if you need to be prayed for, if you need to get with Jesus for the first time ever, where you could call him Lord, 
And man, we're here to help you. We're here to bless you in that way. Amen? Amen. Have an absolutely glorious Lord's Day. Mm -hmm.